Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Master Your Mental Podcast. If you are new here, my name is Paris, and I am the creator and host of the Master Your Mental Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here to tune in and hear my amazing guests and I describe the ways we can leverage and shift our mindsets to take the best possible care of our mental health. I launched the podcast as a way to motivate, inspire, empower, and educate people on these interesting topics. My background and passion for this all stemmed from the field of psychology. After completing both my BA in psychology and my MBA in healthcare administration, my passion for mental health only continued to grow. As a result of this, I launched Master Your Mental to bring more awareness, tips, and conversations to the table about these topics. You guys might be wondering, what does the mental stand for? Well, it stands for mindset, engagement, nutrition, talk about it, accountability, and love yourself. These are all the building blocks that make up what Master Your Mental is all about. If you would like to learn more, become a guest, or connect, feel free to reach out to me by shooting me a message on any one of my social media platforms you guys can find in the link in my bio on my Instagram at master your mental. Now let's get into the episode guys. Hello guys, and welcome to episode number five of season two of the master your mental podcast. I'm super excited about this one because as you guys can see from the title of today's episode, social anxiety in art and acting, this is what my guest and I are going to be talking all about in this episode today. And I'm not going to be introducing you guys to her just yet because she will be coming on in a minute or two and we will be giving her that full introduction because she does a lot of super cool things, you guys. She does so many things. She is. She also has a podcast as well. So if you check that out, it's called She's All Over the Place Podcast, but she is an actor, poet, painter, writer, musician, on-screen actor, so many, many things. And it's so awesome because this topic we're getting into on this episode, social anxiety. So she shares with me how anxiety has impacted her and not just her life, but also the work she does, right? So in terms of going out, and doing auditions for acting and modeling and getting up on stage and presenting a script that you've prepared for a certain character. And really, how has she been able to overcome that? So that's really what I love about this episode is we talk about those low moments, right? But we also talk about what has my guest done in terms of shattering that stigma and being able to really conquer those struggles that she has faced in terms of dealing with anxiety and what has been the most helpful for her in this. So we get into that in this week's episode and she's just a super cool chick. You guys are really going to see soon. She has such great energy, has been doing such awesome things. So I cannot wait for us to get into this episode here and we're going to be getting into it right now. So let's get into it guys. Hey guys, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Master Your Mental Podcast. I'm very excited to have the beautiful Katie Chinakis with us today. Katie does many cool things, you guys. She is the host of the She's All Over the Place podcast. She's an artist, on-screen actor, poet, painter, and musician. So without further ado, welcome Katie to the podcast. Thank you, Paris. I appreciate you. And I love your name. 
Thank you. I'm so excited to have you here and just to dive into this conversation because we actually connected through an awesome friend, um, both of ours, Robin. So shout out to Robin for setting up the connection. I was super excited to learn more about you, your story and all the stuff that you're working on. So before we go ahead and dive on into that, I would love if you can just kind of tell us, you know, a little bit more about yourself and what lights you up. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. So, thank you for the beautiful introduction. Of course, uh, I'm a poet first. And, yeah, first and foremost, I'm I'm just a full art head. So, anything artistic, I paint, I doodle, I love traveling the world. I've been around the world. Um, I I'm a self published uh, author. A lover's fairy tale.com is my new uh, poetry book. So maybe we'll chat about that and the psychology of how that intertwines, you know, into mental health and life and creativity. Um, I love being on screen, working as an actor in TV and film, comedy and drama. Um, I definitely, you know, success is measured. And so I've, I've had a very successful career working with De Niro, Pacino, uh, Nicolas Cage, like, you know, all in one year. <laughs> and, um, you know, Morgan Freeman, Antonio Banderas, Jessica Simpson, a bunch of like really cool actors and humans. And um, yeah, I had the grand opportunity to tour around the world with uh, 50 Cent and the G-Unit camp opening up in front of like 18,000 people, which was awesome. pretty epic. It was in the, yeah, it was it was in the time of like when like I was going by Katie Coco. It was like when Lady Gaga was popular. They were trying uh. to make like the next Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then so like, you know, poetry, music, acting, painting, DJ, I mean, they all go hand in hand for me, um, you know, creating. So I feel like our purpose here is to create my birthday's 1111. I'm Greek. Um, I'm very Greek. I, I'm, I feel like Socrates is like my older brother, you know, like my spiritual <laughs> older brother. And um, yeah, I do voiceovers. So um, I do voiceovers every single day. I'm in my voiceover booth right now. Um, so I love I love animation. I love making other people feel good. I love um, lighting other people up, you know, by by being open with my heart and my vulnerability. Because I feel like when there's a neurological connection, when I open myself and I make the choice to be the leader and lead with love and um, empathy, when I lead with those, I feel it breaks down the invisible barriers where people feel so comfortable with me and they tell me so many things. And so at first, some people might be, a lot of people are very skeptical and some people, um, you know, love it. Um, I, you know, there's different kinds of people who, you know, decide if they like it or if they're skeptics to it, but eventually this, the skeptical ones, they, they're the, like the most intense analytical jaded hard ones where it's like, I can even, it's like, for me, it's an interpersonal challenge to, you know, keep sharing and keep giving them love. Cause I feel like they're the ones that need it the most. And I know how that is needing a lot of love. Wow. Oh my gosh. I love all of that. And you just, it's so cool. Like all the different things that you do and like terms of art and like how involved you are in like different aspects of that process, like that creative process you were getting into. And like, I love how you kind of compare that to like the reason we're here and alive, right. Is to create and to form those connections and to, you know, help others along the path with that. So, you know, something we got into right before recording was we were talking a little bit about, 
you know, kind of in terms of like preparing for auditions and stuff, like what you would do before and kind of, you know, growing up and like, you know, relying more on like the yellow pages and then actually going into auditions and like having that, you know, be an impact, like in terms of like having anxiety and like social anxiety and like trying to get ready and prepare and like all this stuff like that. So I would love if you can like talk about like, what was that like? Cause I know like, there's definitely a big difference now, like after the pandemic, like you, you told me about everything's more digital online. Like you're doing more interviews and stuff across yeah. zoom instead of, you know, having to drive like 40 minutes and try to find the parking lot. Like you were saying, like trying to figure out where everything is. So talk to me about like, what was that like in terms of like managing anxiety and like when you were getting ready to do auditions or when you were there auditioning, like what was helpful for you in terms of overcoming that anxiety and like being able to be your self in front of the, like the audition or different things like that. Yeah. So, uh, there's, there's a lot to unpack there <laughs> and that could be split into so many different directions, but continuing on the path of, of what you're speaking about, I feel every individual needs to find the tools that's good for them. There would be some individuals when I show up at auditions, they have headphones on and they, it was, it was a way for them to tune out everyone else because when there's like five to seven gorgeous girls in the room, right? And it's like, there's, a, and you know how girls and humans can be comparing is a death threat, being catty, being chatty. Some people say things just to, to psych you out. Like, I mean, it's very competitive, right? So, um, you know, some casting directors are very particular of like when they have appointments with your scheduled appointment, that's why it's very particular, you know, on their side, it's a business for you to be there like on time, a bit early, not too early because that's someone else's time. But if you're late, that's like really frustrating and that can be very emotional, not only for the other actors in the whole production, but for yourself, because you want to have your equilibrium. You know, it's about like how much sleep you got. How much did you prepare? Are you off book studying the craft? Like, you know, you have representation, like just the psychology and the mental health of getting representation in the entertainment industry is its own thing. But like you, let's say we're on the playing field that I have a good, strong team who are actually getting me appointments that can put me out for the TV shows. I just went out for Dickinson. Oh my God, I, as a, I'm a poet, so I love that show. If any artist, people, someone who loves language, um, Dickinson's amazing. But to understand, like I'm going out for an opportunity and then I need to like know the craft, know my role, like... I'm, I'm an empath. So I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm my human design. I'm a projector. So I know my human design and I know my certain center points of my chakras and my internal being, my receptors are open. I'm very empathic. I pick up on other people's energy. So I need to know like, okay, before going into this audition, so I'm not carrying other people's energy. I'm not feeling so chaotic and spun out. Um, you know, I might need to go if I, after driving maybe 40 minutes to Fox, you know, to get on the lot and then to park or Warner brothers or Paramount or something, I might need to go into the bathroom. A lot of actors do this. They'll kind of like go to the bathroom and just kind of like regroup themselves. I mean, it's a lot going, finding parking places and going through the security, walking on the lot and then, and then walking and seeing and seeing people. So sometimes I'll just go to the bathroom and I'll run cool water on my wrists and I'll maybe sometimes I'll run cool water on my neck and that that cools me down and it kind of empties my vessel so I can kind of reset. Um, 
I wasn't hip on, um, you know, bringing the headphones like a lot of younger actors were, but then I, then I got hip to it and I started, you know, having my headphones. It's just, it's in also sometimes, uh, the glasses, like I don't, I don't need glasses, but, um, sometimes I would wear glasses to auditions just to like protect myself from someone fe feeling like they're burning, looking straight into my mm. soul, wow. you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I love that. How, you know, you just like really break that down, um, in terms of like what it was like for you. Cause I know like, there's obviously like a big difference, right? Like in terms of today, like following like the pandemic, like doing things more online and digital and like having to deal with that. So like, have you noticed, um, cause we were kind of talking about this a little bit, but have you noticed a difference in terms of what it's like now, like doing, you know, your auditions now and compared to how they were, where you would have to drive and like get out and like, you know, go in, walk into the building, try to find the parking, do all this stuff. Like, cause I think you were telling me a little bit of like kind of how it's different and kind of what you enjoy more about doing it now. So like, talk to me about kind of like the difference there. Sure. Yeah, sure. 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 I mean, um, sometimes I have 17 voiceover auditions in one day. I mean, sometimes I'll just like during the pandemic, there were so many auditions, like there's so many voiceover auditions. So on a psychological level to set up my mic, to set up my laptop, to set up my iPad, just to set everything up. It's so, it's so time consuming and frustrating instead of just plopping down on my stool and just like, just plugging in my you know, and hitting record, like it's just so easy. So as an on-screen actor also, I need to have a designated uh, room, which I do, where the tripod set up, the, the, the backdrop is set up, everything's set up. The batteries are always charged, always at the, at the at, there's always a backup battery. There's always, it's always at the outlet. So all I need to do is hit record. You know, you you just put a lighting on. You have to have the lighting set up, and you you because I have to you have to book a coach. You have to prepare with a coach, someone who's going to read with you, and then you click and you do the audition. Because under like you have to understand, like getting into the character, like that's the number one thing. But now with the pandemic and self taping, it's great because I prefer self taping because I, me, it's like, if you have everything set up, some people don't like the technical thing and setting everything up. But if you have an area where it's always just set up and you have to set it up every time that really frustrates me, I get very emotionally, um, unbalanced. It's not good. It's, it's horrible. So it's like a baby, like a baby needs its crib. A baby needs to sleep. A baby needs, and in Paris, you need this for you. So we, under, we get to understand what, how we're hardwired and what we need and not apologize it. And a lot of times I, I've been inauthentic. I I'm authentic, but a lot of times I've been inauthentic. I spent years inauthentic to myself, to people, please to make others feel better, to play myself small instead of just like taking out my space. Like I know what it's like to take up space and not feel sorry for it. And that's my innate, innate nature. But then I went along the journey where I did what I just said. So as an artist, not only as a human being, whether you're an artist or not, just being a human being, knowing your space, knowing your boundaries and honoring that and not having to explain yourself over and over about it, because that's just going to ruffle up the lizard brain even more. So we're, we're like getting all frustrated and intense instead of being calm, you know, and, and to respond and to react and let people know like, Hey, like, you know, uh, this is who I am and this is what I need. So I think it's great for me to have my designated area and then I can 
record as many times, many takes as I want. There's two takes I can record the first scene four times, watch them. I, for me, it's sometimes you feel it like, oh, this is a good take. This is it. Sometimes, you know, but sometimes you're so in your own self. You need your manager, your acting coach. You send the file to them. And you're like, hey, which ones, you know, yes. like here, here are four takes and they tell you because they're, they're on your team and they're, they see you in a different vibe and different light. And you know, from what you're feeling inside. So it's good to have a, an emotional support team of people who can be there to hold your hand and communicate with you in a supportive way. Wow. I, I really love that, especially the point that you just brought up right there of, you know, really being your authentic self and, and having had moments where you didn't fully feel that. I think that's so amazing that you're able to do that because I feel like, you know, it's probably a a pretty common thing to like experience that at times, you know, especially when, you know, if you're younger and you're first like trying to get started and like, you know, acting or like, do, like doing the work that you do with voiceovers or anything, you know, where you're putting yourself in a position to, you know, do these things in front of other people and like put those like roles out there. Yeah. I, I totally relate to that. And just, and I, I would love to ask, you know, like for you, like what has been the most helpful in like overcoming those moments where you felt like you had to be, I guess like this other person or like you had to do things a certain way, but you've, you didn't really feel that like in yourself or in your body. Like I want to do this, but you felt like you kind of like had to do it this way. Like what has been the most helpful for you in terms of, you know, overcoming that to really just do it the way that you want to, the way that you are most comfortable and the way that is like the most just aligned with who you are and everything that you're about? Uh, yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I had to really unhook for, from some people, um, I really, what comes up for me is silence. I love solitude. So to be with self, um, and just to, um, get quiet and just rest and allow that those heavy weights that came on to just let them come off. Um, and to definitely stay creative and, and keep going. Like when the pandemic happened, I, uh, double, triple down. And now I have over 4,000 um, monthly listeners and the show keeps growing and I'm so grateful. But last October I had 2000, I hit my 2000 mark last October and it was like, Oh, we're celebrating your one year anniversary 2000. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Wow. And it's like now in just a short amount of time, I've grown, you know, rapidly. So by being consistent, by taking everything and putting it into my art to be in action, to be in spirit, inspired, to get out of my own self, be interested. I think people are more uh, interesting when you're interested. Um, and uh, this one author, um, I watched her TED talk and um, it was like, she has a book called You Turn, her name's Ashley Stull. And um, she actually helped me out during the pandemic where she, where she had this joy journal, J-O-Y, a joy journal. And I'm like, I'm going to make a joy journal and I'm going to make a commitment for 40 days to do a joy journal. Cause I, if you have a, if you're a writer, you have writer's block. Sometimes you're ruminating, it's going on over your head. But if you actually write down so I did a, I, I took her theory and then I made it my own. I did a joy journal. And then on the next page, it was 
a bothersome journal. So I, so sometimes I would just need to write down everything that bothered me before I felt this subtle transition of going to the joy. Or sometimes oh, I would wow. just be, oh yeah. I so love then, that. Oh my Thank gosh. you. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And then, um, but sometimes I would just be able and then and then write down the joy. But sometimes I would just be able to just go right for the joy. Like, you know, I'm grateful for number one, my health, my yeah, my 91 year old grandmother, you know, I'm always number one, I'm always just grateful for my health, you know, because without our physical and mental health, we don't have anything. But with that, we have everything on our joy and we have everything on our bothersome <laughs> with That's, our health. That is such a cool idea. That is such a cool yeah. concept. I'm that's so awesome. Like, cause I feel like for me, you know, in terms of like gratitude journaling, right? Like you mentioned kind of writing out the things that bring you joy and like what you enjoy in your life. And in terms of especially bringing up mental and physical health, I love that you brought that up because, you know, I just, I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, if we don't, if we don't have you know, if we aren't in this spot that, you know, we want to be with our mental health or in terms of our physical health, it gets really difficult, you know, to really, you know, recognize a lot of the things that we have in our life that are already amazing. You know, sometimes it can be hard to see that when we are going through different things or, you know, we're transitioning or we're struggling with something or we're dealing with, you know, going through a period of depression or, you know, we oh. lost someone close to us or something, you know, something big is happening or not, a, not even if it's big, you know, maybe it could be a small thing or it doesn't matter what it is, you know, those things. And, you know, just the way that that can impact us and really, you know, set us up for, you know, to really be creative and in that process and be able to like create the art that you're talking about, you know, in terms of writing and being a writer and, you know, doing all of these projects and being part of all of these things. I feel like that's such a core thing right there to really work on, you know, prioritize that. So I'd love to ask, you know, like, what do you do, you know, on like a regular, like a daily basis or just regularly to really like prioritize your mental and physical health? Okay, sure. I just want to make a comment um, real quick on what you just said. Um, sometimes, like it's not the physical, the thought form that turns into action that turns into the materialistic, but sometimes we're holding guilt and fear we're, and we're holding mm. like generational guilt and fear. We're holding all this guilt and fear. I mean, I have a short story of like, you know, being 13 and it was the, it was the, it was the first homecoming game. And, you know, my seven group of girl, seven, the seven girls who were my friends, all of a sudden I show up, my mom and dad drop me off and I'm walking and this girl's just glaring at me. And then everyone else in the circle took her side instead of mine. And in that moment, instead of being vulnerable and sharing what happened or them asking me like, Hey, what's this? They just automatically like, like, like just put a wall up and I took on that blame and I took on that shame like it was my own. And then I see the trajectory of my life now, you know, of carrying that from when I was 13 and then un unhooking from that guilt and fear. And that, that, that leads to my single or my EP that I just released that's encoded with quantum physics by a scientist named Eric Thompson over at Subtle Energy. It's 396 healing frequencies, which removes guilt and fear. So in the pandemic, I created, um, my first EP and I chose the Sovagio frequencies of 639, which fosters oh. forgiveness for self. And I wow. felt like, on a I love that. Oh yeah, my gosh. I, I felt like on a planetary level with the pandemic, we all needed to do a lot more forgiving of one another. And I felt like my vessel, like I needed, I know I need, look at me and who I am and what I've done. All right. 
I mean, who am I and what have I done? Right. <laughs> but seriously, right. It could go different ways, but no, but like being active, being ambitious, like going out there, being a creator, it's like, you know, accomplishing things. And I had so much forgiveness for myself, my family, my friends, my circumstances, people in my entertainment industry, people who I allowed, you know, by being a young entrepreneur, a businesswoman to be taken seriously, having like feeling I needed to put up a shield and I could quote unquote, take on those things. But I didn't need to take on those things, even though I could, but I'm like, oh, I could prove to myself and prove to others that I'm a businesswoman that I could take on those things. I didn't need to quote unquote, take on those things, but I chose to. And that comes from the psychology of taking on that fear and guilt from when I was 13 years old and maybe not having the, the communication skills to let people know. Cause when you're 13 and 14, you're scared and you mm -hmm. don't talk about those things. You just kind of take it on. So now we're talking more about mental health. Now we're talking about these things. That's why we're connected. That's why we're on the podcast sharing so we can change the energy and the vibration of evolution. So I did the forgiveness um, EPK. It's under the sophisticated psychos, YouTube and streaming everywhere. Listen to it. Um, and then, and then I did the EP, the EP, um, the, hypnotic energy EP for forgiveness. And I did the, um, the EP full house to remove the guilt and fear. Right. And so while I'm writing and journaling in the joy journal, the bother bothersome journal, I'm, I'm, I'm writing about stuff. I didn't even know. I'm just, I'm just writing it. And the last part about that is, you know, you go back and then she says to circle, and then you go and you circle what, what repeat keeps going up for me. It's my toes in the sand at the beach. I'm a beach girl. I'm a jungle baby. I prefer being naked. You know what I yes. mean? Like I prefer mother nature. <laughs> I prefer just like being like naked with my soul and with that's God, you know, just nature. Yes. Um, and then lastly about that is like, it, like you said, it can be the very simplest thing. Like for me, it's like, Mm, I just love that coffee or that bird or that butterfly. It can, it can be the simplest thing that could bring you joy, right? Write those oh, things down. I love that. And I, I just really love too how you bring up the aspect of forgiveness and like the role that forgiveness plays, like, and how you relate that to the, the example you gave of being 13 and like carrying that shame and that guilt and then taking that on. And then also in terms of like being a young entrepreneur and knowing like, I don't need to take these things on, but I'm choosing to take these things on to do this. And I I love how you like have that we're able to like make that connection and like put those together and like piece it together. Cause that's, that's like such an awesome awareness to have, because I feel like there's certain moments, you know, in our lives, like whether like things happen when we were younger or older or whatever time that these things took place that we, you know, that really form or like kind of mold more of who we are because of this experience or, you know, whether it's a traumatic thing that happened that really has like impacted us in a really severe way that we take moving forward. And I love how you talk about that in terms of like for having that forgiveness for yourself and, and realizing like, Hey, like I don't need to do these things. And if I don't want to, I don't have to, because I feel like it can be very overwhelming, you know, especially like you know, when you're going through all this stuff and you're, you know, building these things and creating all this stuff and putting all this out into the world to feel like you have to do, you know, all of it. And like, you can't, you know, say no, you have to do all of it. And I feel like that's so awesome that you like talk about that in terms of like how you came to realize that. And like, especially associating that with, you know, being 13 and like having that experience of like going into that game and then like having this thing happen where you're like, where you like, you don't know how to respond or react, but you know that it impacted you and it affected you, but you just don't know, like in that moment, like, what do I say 
to like these people or like, how do I express this? Because I feel like that's another thing like that comes up for me when I think of, you know, all the, all the stuff like this, it's super creative, you know, whether it's like putting a piece of art out there or like writing a memoir or putting, like you said, put releasing an EP or doing these things and, and doing it for a greater purpose. Like you said, to teach people, you know, how to, how to learn about the, the like the mechanism of being forgiving, because I feel like that can be a big, um, a big impact because I know for just for myself, you know, it took me pro- probably years, you know, from, you know, where I used to be when I was younger to try to get to where I am now. And then I'm still, con- we're always evolving, right? That's what I think is the most beautiful thing is we're never really done with learning. You know, we always have more opportunities and, you know, more things in front of us that really teach us more things, you know, we're never done. So I think that's such a beautiful thing too. And I would love to ask you, you know, um, just in terms of like all the stuff that you've done, like everything you've been a part of every, everything that you've created and like put out into the world, you know, like what, what has been your, your, your either like your favorite piece of art or your favorite thing that you've been a part of or, or done. I mean, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, that, that could go into a couple different directions, but I guess on a, a personal level. Um, so we create, we create, we create. I don't know if these 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 pieces I'm writing from when I'm 13, if my grandkids are going to read them and maybe that's all that they are or what they'll lift into. But I write and I, I'm a poet. And so then I created spoken word music videos. And it was like, it wasn't a thing people were doing. Like, I remember this one music exec, exec was, um, this one music exec was comparing me to, um, I think Tori Amos or something like that. Like she did a, like a spoken word album or something. Um, you know, they compared me to like Jewel, like very, you know, like very poetic. Um, but I did these spoke, I did these spoken word pieces because I created it and I wanted to do them. And then while I was doing these spoken word pieces, like music, it's called hooks. So then, so then my friend who's a DJ is like, people like can't retain the information. They can't keep going yet to put these hooks. So then I started putting the hooks in my spoken word. I started doing these videos. I um, self-invested. I produced them. I got the people. I got the location. I got the hair, the makeup, the editor, the cameras. Like I mastermind and got it all for like no money. Like in, you know, my early twenties, like we're all like kids creating. So like no one's getting paid for any of these things. They're just coming off my energy, off my vision, off my intention, off of the off of the fact that people want to help people and people want to create. So to be able to be a producer and uh, this is going to the side, but I created some web series and I created um, some short films to give non-union actors an opportunity to be union, to get the new media contract, to give non-union actors an opportunity to create. And then just to give artists an opportunity to create for being on my podcast and saying, hey, I want to honor your journey and your story to sh- to hold space for them. This empowers me. It makes me feel good. It's not about fame and the egoic fame and how many times I've been there. I'm, I'm already Janis Joplin and back. I'm already Britney Spears and back. I mean, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, all, I'm everyone you can think of. I Ariana Grande, go for it. Like I'm all of them, honey. I am all of them and all that and more. I love it. (laughs) But it's the illusion. It's the fantasy. So circling back around, I traveled the world. And when I traveled the world, um, I was uh, from, you know, some things that happened so early on in childhood and being an empath and so sensitive, I closed myself off. I was very in love 
and I was very loving unconditionally from my Greek roots, but I chose to be celibate for seven years and I went around the world and I was on private jets and I was in five-star hotels. And I mean, it was creme de la creme with the 1% of the 1%. I was on a private jet every single week for a year and a half, but I was celibate. So I saw, you know, in brush strokes, you would see not all the time girls and they were running around with their bags and mini skirts and, you know, sugar daddying it up and doing all those things, <laughs> you know, abusing power, abusing the divine femininity in a way to for an exchange of the um, the fame and the the monetization of, you know, being involved in a slick, slimy world, um, you know, and then, you know, that's one area, um, not everyone, but I'm just saying it's, it's out there. So I was able to observe all those people. And I felt, you know, with my strong roots, my morals and my values and being integrous with myself and the commitment I made to myself to travel the world. And I was celibate. Um, I wanted to see the world untainted. I wanted to see the world because it's such a gift that we're here. There's a Ted talk. It says in, it's one in over four, 400 um, trillion, the chances that we're here. So for us to even be on this podcast and the listener to be here is like so aligned and attuned and magnificent and meant to be more than we'll ever, ever understand and know. But the thing is, I was celibate for seven years and I was, and what I wanted to do was I wanted to honor the gift of me being here in this world and to fill up my cup 1000% full because I also saw growing up Oh, my boyfriend won't let me do this. Oh, my boyfriend broke up with me or this or this. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with yes. that whiny crap. I yeah. don't want my yeah. I don't want my neurological patterns and my thoughts and my emotions, my emotions to be tainted by what's been given to me. I want to go and experience this life because I also heard that, you know, when you have a child, it's not about you anymore. It's about them. Some, some are detrimental. Oh, like it's, it's not about you. Your life's over. But no, I've also found the kinship and motherhood of growing with that child and then having the bonds to do things with children and things yeah. like that. So, but I always knew I wanted children later on in life. And um, these ventures that you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, those have been my babies. I've been birthing and birthing these ideas and dabbling and, and going and playing out these illusions and fantasies and emotions. And so with all of that being said, she's all over the place podcast birth. <laughs> and then I traveled the world and I wrote poetry and then I did spoken word music videos as a director, as a, as a producer, as an, as an expressional artist, musician, actor, I created these videos. And then during the pandemic, I'm like, what? I'm always like, where's one place I want to go and I haven't been. But with the pandemic, like, it's been um, March was one year, I haven't been on a plane. I know a yeah. lot of people are, yeah. but I'm very safe in particular. And I'm an ambervert. I was very, very extrovert for two decades. And so I'm very introverted. So yeah. I've been taking this time mm -hmm. to dismantle the two decades <sighs> of experiences of entertainment, traveling the world to be now to go very introverted. And then so I said to myself on 1111 for my birthday, what's something I've always wanted to do that I haven't done yet. So for me, I was like, oh, I want to be a published author. And then it's a whole psychology in another podcast of everything you had to go through mm -hmm. just to be self-published and to be accepted and acknowledged. And there wasn't Amazon when I was 12, but there's Amazon now. So I know people have qualms about environmental issues and what they feel about Amazon, but I empowered myself and I became self-published. Not only did I, I become self-published. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. That's so cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So okay. So I'm going to have to, I'll put all the links to everything in the show notes for you guys, but 
you guys can probably already tell that Katie is really cool. Like you've done a lot. And how old are you? How old are you? I'm 40. No way. Are you yeah. joking? You are? No. Okay. I'm yeah. not, I can't, I literally will probably need to like have like your ID. Cause I just don't believe like, I do not believe it. Like I swear, I swear right now. Like I thought I'm like, she's probably like 28, 29, 28. That's so, that, that's just so cool to me. Like all the things that you've been able to do and just in terms of like, not just creation, but just like exploring being alive and just like traveling and doing the poetry, the writing all, I mean, all this stuff, because that's so beautiful to me that, you know, like just the way you express it. And I can tell just from like hearing you talk that like you have so much passion and you have so much energy. And I just, I love that. Like when I find people like that, cause it's like, I don't know, it just lights me up. Like, I always feel like I leave these conversations and I'm just like, wow, like that was yeah. so cool just to hear like, you know, your experiences and like a little bit about your story and kind of like how all of this has come together. Like, I'm just grateful, you know, that we got the chance to connect and like really like have this conversation and kind of get into de the details of, you know, all the different things we did today. Like it was just so cool and like so much fun. And I really just can't wait to share it with the world. And I mean, even go on your podcast, your podcast is so cool. You guys, it's also, I will link all the stuff uh, in the show notes. So you guys can check it out and uh, follow Katie and check out more of her work and the awesome stuff she is doing. But this has been such a great episode. Like I'm so excited right now. And I just like, I, I love it. I mean, I love this topic as especially like talking about art and like how that relates to mental health and mindset and yeah. all these moving pieces that we were able to like cover and get into. I just, I love it so much. So I just want to thank you once again for like creating the time, you know, to come out here and like have this talk with me. So thank you so much. And, you know, thank you, you guys for, you know, tuning in and listening and, you know, whether it's morning or nighttime or whatever time it is, I hope that you guys all have a great rest of your day. And I'm going to end it on that note and say goodbye to you guys and goodbye to Katie. And thank you, Katie, for coming out. It's been great. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. All right. Bye, girl. See ya. All right, guys, that was the end of the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. As always, if you guys would like to get in touch with me to become a guest or share your thoughts, you can do that in a number of ways. You can shoot me an email at hello at masteringmental.com or you can DM me on Instagram at masteryourmental, where you can also find a link in my bio that you can use to find me on all of my other social media platforms. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day and thank you so much for listening to the Master Your Mental podcast. Have a good one, guys. Bye.